0: Welcome back to another episode of Moss and Friends. Last week, we caught up with our friend Meg Dreyer of Evidation and chatted to her about what she's up to at Evidation, how she made the transition into design for healthcare, and a few best practices and tips and tricks that she's gathered from her time in the field. We're so excited to share this with you and we hope you enjoy.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Moss and Friends. Today, we have our friend Meg Dreyer from Evidation, and uh, we're super excited to have her on today. She bridges the gap with design and healthcare with her many years of experience. So, we're super excited to chat about how healthcare and design are important uh, and how they are truly connected. Uh, So a little brief intro on how we got to know Meg was through one of our clients, Gabby, which is an amazing startup that's working on getting women more aware around breast cancer uh, and knowing their risk around that. And she's currently advising the team on the consumer experience. And her day job is head of design at Evidation. Would you like to add anything to that, Meg? No, that's great, Sarah.
2: Thanks so much for having me today. I'm really excited to Talk about two things that I'm really passionate
1: about, both design and healthcare. So, a big reason why we're talking to Meg today is because of the aspect of transitioning into designing for healthcare uh, and tech products and that symbiotic relationship between the two spaces. Uh you have many years of experience within the design industry and in healthcare to learn from like design thinking. So, we'd love to hear about, you know, your years spent at Nike, Ideo and other heavyweight companies and how that transition from just regular design into healthcare happened.
2: Yeah, great question. You know, in my final years at IDO, I was really drawn to what I would call big systemic problems. So I did most of my work during my final years in education and healthcare. And um, one, I was really drawn to the kind of social impact that those had. And two, like I said, this notion of like, You can't just design a component of education or healthcare. You have to consider all the players and the whole system when you're looking at that. And that's the type of like meaty, hard design work that I really um, like to do. When I was at Nike, I also worked with a coach actually, who um, had me do quite a bit of self-exploration. And in that self-exploration, I realized, wow, I actually feel quite called to participate in healing in some sort like that was a big part of what i wanted to do and the impact that i wanted to make on the world and i went through this whole period of time where i was actually considering being a doctor and going back to medical school or becoming a naturopath or an acupuncturist and i went through all of kind of the you know training requirements around those and really got to this point where i thought well wait I've actually built up a whole set of separate skills in design and specifically human centered design. How could I use that life experience without completely transitioning my career? How might I use the sense of like understanding people really deeply and then creating human experiences and products and services? Um, With an emphasis on that like humanity part of what I feel like was really missing in healthcare. And so that was kind of my aha moment where i have been exploring all these different paths. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, I have a whole set of skills that I feel like could be really useful in this space. And so I made the transition over to healthcare and have stayed here and will continue to stay in healthcare because it's just such an area of passion for me. I feel like there's so much great work to be done. And traditionally, healthcare has lagged a little bit behind other industries in its focus on and attention to design. So I'm really excited about about being part of a, a group of people or a movement that's helping to improve the experience of health for people through
0: design. I love that answer so much, and I, I really like the word you used, healing, because I think that in tech, a lot of times we kind of have this weird relationship between the kind of inevitable damage that's sometimes done by innovation and uh, the responsibility that we have to maybe care for those who are impacted by the different advancements that we make, whether it's design or engineering related or hardware or whatever the case may be. Um, So I'm kind of wondering in your time that you've spent especially in that transition, but it's, but getting deeper into healthcare, how you've balanced that almost contradiction. I feel like contradiction is a strong word, but that kind of that challenge and, and that challenge that's so inherent that it's like never going to go away.
2: Yeah, it's such a good question. For me, you know, it all comes back to, there are a lot of challenges and there are a lot of competing incentives in healthcare. There's tons of players, like you said, the advancement of tech is um alienating some people, it's harming some people. And what I always go back to is like really understanding who we're designing for. And I think that's how you start to bridge that gap is by always deeply seeking to understand who your user base is, what their context is, what their reality is, recognizing your bias in doing that research, and really seeking to understand, really being curious. And I think... The more curious you get about people and the more humble you get about your role in product creation and the, the more I'd say cognizant you are that every, every design in the world has both a, a light side and a dark side. You can, as you go through that path, just become more and more, I'd say conscious as a designer. And I think that's ultimately um, where healthcare has led me as a designer is into a realm of recognition that everyone's path is different and every journey is different. And that what my job is, is to seek to understand how I can make the individual's journey easier and better. And that to me, like like you said, that that word healing is so present in all the work that I do in healthcare today. It's why I started working with someone like Gabby. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if that totally gets to the end. Yeah. I, I really think seeking to understand is where every element of design should, should um, originate.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially around healthcare, I think most designers like go in, you know, thinking about like, Who's the user and who's our audience? But like, you kind of have to take it to another level when you are within design because, you know, at this point, just the same way that like a doctor might be held liable, the technology that we put out has a certain liability to it. And I know that that's like a big, you know, I guess like hot topic within the design community about like the ethics around what you're doing. And that's very, very prominent within healthcare, you know, for anybody who is transitioning from tech products that's outside of healthcare, uh, do you have any advice for designers that want to get into the healthcare space?
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. So much advice. I remember there's this great story. The first time I was in a meeting um, where where I was proposing a design that was like a push notification thing um, in my first healthcare job. And Someone turned to me and said, oh, we can't do that. It's against HIPAA. Um, And I said, what do you mean we can't do that? And they said, oh, well, you can't send anything in the text message that has any personally identifiable information. So I can't tell you that like your appointment is at four o'clock with Dr. So-and-so, and I can't remind you to like take your iron in the morning. What I have to send you is a text message that says, something along the lines of, please go check your secure message center. And I literally think my jaw hit the table. It was like, what? Like that is the worst user experience ever. Um, And as a designer transitioning into the space, I was like, you've gotta be kidding me. There were hundreds of these moments where I would go home and just feel like banging my head against the wall, where I was like, no way, no way. How are we ever gonna create anything that is like useful for people. Um, And so that's just a little story to like succinctly say that as a designer transitioning into healthcare, I think the two most important things are humility and curiosity and humility being the notion of like, I really don't know anything. Like healthcare is so complex and there are so many players and oftentimes their incentives conflict. And there are so many different experiences in the world. One of the things I found most challenging is like, how do you create behavior types or archetypes when people become totally different when they're faced with serious illness or when a loved one is faced with serious illness? So the notion that like, I don't really understand anything um, and being really humble about the fact that like, even if you're a really good designer, you're coming into a system that is incredibly complex and takes people decades to understand. And so that humility is super important. The second thing is, is curiosity, then just getting really curious, not necessarily taking things at face value, like understanding HIPAA requirements and things like that, but really understanding, getting curious about um, not just the why behind those regulations, but also what might we do to get around that. So paired with that curiosity, I think is a sense of, tenacity and innovation and the idea that like you know in when I finally got to a place where I felt great in my last job we would sit down with the lawyers and I and instead of saying this is my design and they'd say no that won't work we would say here's what we're trying to accomplish for the user now let's brainstorm together how we might create an experience that feels like it fulfills this user need and so I'd I'd say those are the things um, humility and curiosity that's boosted with like tenacity
0: and innovation. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a great example of creative thinking that comes from design and you think, oh, sticky notes in a workshop. But really, it's just about sitting down with someone who might have a slightly different perspective, whether that's a legal perspective or a financial perspective, and, and being able to be open to not having the solution, but being able to draw the solution out of someone else. And an aspect of this sort of what I would call maybe like responsibility or almost duty of care that I think designers in the healthcare space have is what you talked about with the text examples like privacy and understanding how the way that we present information and the way that we design the systems that people use will ultimately impact their perception of whatever health stuff they're dealing with, or even the outcome of a situation that they might be in. So knowing how much influence we have, understanding that that duty of care and that responsibility. I'm wondering within your experience, if you kind of have an example that sticks out to you as like, oh man, this was either a, a time that I saw a big opportunity, or maybe there's a missed opportunity that exists somewhere in healthcare design that you're like, someone really needs to work on that.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised there's like not an entire movement yet, and maybe there is, and I just don't know about it, around designing for trust. I feel like we could have a whole conversation about that. And I think in the examples that I've experienced, I think there's kind of three really important things in building a relationship with people in healthcare. And ultimately design is actually about that. It's about building a relationship. And I think there's three key components to that. I think the first one is giving people real visibility to what you're accessing, keeping, um, how you're using their data, et cetera, and making sure that the language is clear enough for them to really understand it. I think that's super important from a, you know, just a privacy perspective and it also like trust Perspective. I think the second thing is our lives are fluid, and what I found more in healthcare than in other industries is that design is a lot more fluid and a lot more dynamic than in other places. And so people's situations change, their circumstances change, their level of comfort changes. If I'm all of a sudden diagnosed with a with a pretty serious disease, I actually my my need for privacy might increase very significantly. And so I think the second thing is, is really allowing people to change their preferences at any time. We have talked about a lot like the right to delete or be forgotten, the right to limit things that you might have previously been comfortable with. So I think that's the second thing. And then I think the third thing for me that's super important around this is Uh, the notion of design, understanding the context in which someone operates. I think that's the other big thing that helps build trust is if you understand, like, for example, at Evidation, we gather person-generated health data. And if I gather person-generated health data from like my smartwatch, and let's say it's around my sleep, well, if I've had a really terrible night's sleep and I wake up in the morning and the first thing I see on my phone is an alert that's like, go and conquer the day and I have a migraine because of the lack of sleep I got, then I don't really relate to, nor do I feel like I can trust this this product or service. So I think um, using whatever uh, permissions we've been given to information about people should be used to to help design an experience that's relevant and sensitive to what their context is. So I think that's another thing. Um, And those are the three, big things that I think
0: about in that space. That's three incredible points. And I would love to jump into talking a little bit more about evidation if you're open to it. Yeah,
2: sure. So um, I, I love evidation. I just started a little while ago. Our whole um, mission is to use patient, patient generated health data to improve your personal health outcome and then the health outcomes of others. And so we're looking at consumer grade devices, um, things like I said, like a smartwatch or Apple health kit, et cetera, to really help us privately and in a permissioned way, help understand certain conditions, especially chronic conditions better, um, and understand how health exists in the real world. And I think that's, that's what I love about it the most is it's like health outside of the clinic walls. What's really happening out there? And how do these things really impact you? How is sleep impacting um, your illness? How is nutrition and fitness and all these other like amazing things that are being generated by consumer-grade devices now? So yeah, it's really fun, and I and I'm um, I'm getting to to lead design there, so helping to build the team and really understand what design means in a space like that.
1: That sounds like amazing. In some clubhouses that I know, Katie and I have been on, that's around health tech. A big things about wearables, and that that, that's the next thing, and within the market that we need to start using to kind of help with outcomes, especially with you know the with the pandemic that kind of brought out a lot of that need. Curious to hear like if you're able to, obviously uh, talking about like how you can see either via evadation or. Just with your experience so far in healthcare and evidation, how you would navigate designing for both sides of both the patient experience that has these wearables, as well as like the provider?
2: Such a good question. You know, the tricky thing about wearables right now, um, and this is really, I actually uncovered this in previous roles, is that you are empowering the patient, but a lot of patients actually don't feel comfortable engaging in that conversation with their provider, because of the power dynamic that exists in some patient provider relationships. You also have providers who are completely overwhelmed right now. The provider burnout rate is like higher than it's ever been, I think. Um, And so you have this conflict of like, what we're doing is we're generating more data And we're empowering people with data that they may or may not feel comfortable bringing into the conversation. And we may or may not be overwhelming the provider with more things to talk about in the 10 minute appointment that we're given. And so one of the things that I think a lot about on a daily basis is how do we actually take that dynamic away by providing a way that makes both the provider's experience and the patient's experience easier? so i'm thinking on a you know daily basis about things like how can we share data with a provider in a way that reduces their workload and also makes the maybe face to face confrontation sometimes it feels like that about like but my watch you know told me this this and this a little more comfortable so it's tricky and I and I think you know I'm navigating that designing for both sides knowing that there are like pretty significant obstacles facing both of those people in really leveraging this data to the ability or to the best that that it could be leveraged to make huge strides in health outcomes. I think a lot about, you know, just understanding again going back to what I said in the very beginning Understanding what that daily lived experience is, what the context that both the patient and the provider operate in, and how do I help facilitate that relationship instead of introducing a, you know, what could be a charged third party in patient-generated health data into the system. So I like to think a bit about um, a lot about not necessarily what are the two sides but how do we actually facilitate a relationship between those two people and ultimately that's what i believe a good design will do is facilitate a whole new type of closer and more trusting relationship between the patient and the provider
0: do you think and this is something that i was absolutely fascinated by listening to clinicians drop into clubhouse conversations around tech and wearables do you think that clinicians and healthcare workers and even just those oriented around healthcare the administrators do you think that they are open to and excited about the potential here as a whole like i guess i'm i'm sort of like temperature checking what you've experienced because i think that it varies so much a lot of it has to do with how metropolitan of an area, like what the exposure has been to different types of tech, whether they had a really bad experience with implementation, which I've heard happens a lot in hospitals. They get these rollouts of systems that are just, they hear about how bad it is at another hospital. The contract is already signed. And then their hospital gets that rollout six months later. And they're just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Like stuff like that, where you as a tech person, you're just like, oh no, what can I even do to change your perspective or to like help you see the the potential. I'm I'm curious about what your experience with that has been or if you've had any kind of run-ins, I guess.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the there's so much that providers are inundated with now. Um I have real empathy for what they're trying to do. It's interesting actually in that period of time where I was like I want to be a doctor. I talked to one of my closest friends from childhood, who is uh, well, was a family medicine doctor. Now she's a palliative care physician, and she was like, "Don't do it." I mean, it was that plain and simple. She's like, "Not worth it. It's totally exhausting. Everything is shifted." And you know, I think that I think that, that that really it comes down to the idea that for so long we have been designing in a vacuum in healthcare. And for so long, we have been designing without, again, understanding the context. We've been creating some really awesome technology solutions that can, you know, make things more efficient and improve quality, which are all very important aspects of healthcare. I don't want to um, discount those. But I think what we've been missing is that we haven't really focused on what's that lived experience again. And I and I think that's like where healthcare is in the design world now to slightly pivot is what healthcare has been missing is they've been, we, we in healthcare have been quite focused for some time on quality and efficiency. And we have been less focused on relationships and humanity. And you see some of that seeping itself back into the system a lot now because that pendulum is kind of swinging. But I really think that that's like the big impact that design has is is bringing that humanistic element back, because it's it's you know it's it's swung pretty pretty extremely toward the you know quality and efficiency. And um, we've been thinking about business models for a long time. We've been thinking about technology for a long time. We haven't been thinking about context too much lately. And I think that's the the important role that design has to bring to healthcare is that awareness.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, like, even with my experience when I was in pharmacy school, it was, like, what you're taught is to have this, you know, patient-centered care. And when you go out into the practice – it becomes like a numbers game. How efficiently mm-hmm. can you get someone in and out? And it's interesting to me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this around that shift. And I love how you, com- you described it as like a pendulum of how it went because it's like you're taught that as a provider to treat your patient this way, but then you go in and it's something else. How would you sell that, especially to... Higher ups, from a business perspective, within healthcare, where numbers are so important, you know, what's your your method there?
0: Or asking for your opinion, but also low key your hot tips, because I think that this is something we are all <laughs> we are sharpening these skills. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, one of my great uh, failures in my career was like blazing into my first job in healthcare, being like design matters and everybody should care about design and people should be at the center of everything they, that we do. And they're like, you could hear like crickets when I left those meetings.
1: They're um, probably so like, I, oh, that artsy person.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like, they're like, can I send you my presentations and, and you can make them look nice? Like, that would be great. Thanks. That's what I, that's what I think design is. And, and maybe we could put some animated GIFs in there. <laughs> amazing but um but in truth like I learned really quickly to talk about design and importantly like the, the the process behind design so like really understanding your users prototyping rapidly getting lots of feedback code design with your users I learned to talk about that as a risk mitigation strategy and when I started talking about it as risk mitigation I got a lot of traction and it's I'm not I'm not like You know, it's just a different angle to look at the design process, it's not like I'm misrepresenting it. Truly, if you are out doing research and understanding your users and their context, and you have their voice in along your design process, you're going to launch something that has a way better uptake and use. And if you involve like let's just say in a hospital setting if you involve the nurse and the nurses union in that design if you involve administrators and providers and families and janitors and they all feel bought into that I can promise you your design is going to be stronger and I can promise you that your product is going to be much more successful. And so that's how I started to sell it was like look we can we can do research and we can build a thing and 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 we can know, even though the process took a little bit longer and was probably might have been a little more expensive, but we can guarantee the success of this versus us sitting in a room and thinking about what we think physicians need or providers need. And then we launch something and it's like, cross your fingers and I hope it's successful and I hope it gets implemented. And like, maybe we'll lock someone into a $10 million, you know, X number of year contract. So that's just how I talked about it. I was like, "This is our best risk mitigation strategy, really." And and in truth, it is. Um, but when I talked about it that way, and when I when I can talk with people in that manner, um, that's speaking their language a lot of times in healthcare because it is a lot of there is a lot of risk that needs to be mitigated in healthcare. We don't want to cause harm. I mean, that's the Hippocratic Oath, right? First, do no harm. So there is a lot of that. And so realizing that like, oh, this process is gonna help us um, deliver on that helped, I don't know, it, I don't know how to explain it. it. just helped to like get people on board a little faster and it helped to make it feel like a we instead of a, the creative, you know, coming down from the <laughs> sky and introducing this new notion of design and like, let's, you know, be expensive and make everything take 20 times what it takes now. Like that's not. That's never my
0: aim. Yeah, I I love that because I feel like what you're describing is advocacy both for you know or basically advocacy for everyone. You're you're positioning yourself as an advocate for everybody to have the best possible experience. And I think that that's I mean that's great advice. And it also it's something that extends beyond healthcare and wellness into I think all of tech and how tech should be built and how how creatives as much as you know that's like a contentious word sometimes designers especially really need to approach any problem it's like i'm here with my skill set to advocate for the people in the room who may not get a say before they have to use this thing
2: yeah (laughs) i really love that absolutely katie i think that's so important You know, I think the tough thing about healthcare though is also oftentimes when you're doing that research, you find that there are significant trade-offs or conflicting needs. And so one of the toughest things is when you have to make calls about that. When you know, like, I can't just design like the perfect thing that's gonna perfectly, you know, meet everybody's needs. There are significant trade-offs. And I think that's something that makes healthcare fairly unique is sometimes you have to make hard calls. Sometimes it does make the patient's life a little harder. Sometimes it does make the provider's life a little harder. That always, you know, hurts a little bit. Um, But healthcare is just that complex that there are a lot of competing needs and incentives, like I said earlier. And so it does get tricky at times, like what to prioritize.
0: And so when you talk about trade-offs, I think that's a really interesting sort of skill, skill set to focus on, maybe that negotiation. Do you think that there is a specific, like you transitioned from design to healthcare, do you think there's another profession or industry where people who tend to come from that space are really good at negotiating that, like making those negotiations or understanding and weighing those trade-offs? I'm just curious.
2: Yeah, I would say not industry. Although people who come from education have very similar experiences um, because of kind of the nature of it or government, like anyone that has just like incredibly complex, large. Policy,
0: policy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
2: exactly. Like even people like from foundations. So there's where there's like a lot of policy stuff, Um, financial institutions, actually another like regulated industries but i think i think what i have noticed also is disciplines and so like people who tend to have like a real genuine well either experience in or curiosity around organizational behavior or organizational design in my experience tend to do well in healthcare just because again there's this curiosity that's present versus like a this doesn't make any sense and it's true the health system makes no sense none it's, it's, it's amazing. It still operates like it does, but it's like a trillion dollar industry that makes no sense. <laughs> so I think, you know, that's the other thing I would say is like, I found, you know, our design researchers, especially if they have a social science background in like anthropology or sociology are just like, wow, this is such a fascinating conundrum. How do we <laughs> get to the bottom of this?
0: Yeah. I don't know if that actually answers your question, but makes yeah. sense it's it's problems at scale you know that's yes that's such a good way to put it you scale is such an interesting factor i think in any any challenge that you're dealing with and i think that that the the policy regulation stuff it it gets introduced and then it almost like can't be abstracted or reduced once it's been introduced. And I'm speaking completely out of pocket. I, these are observations, but I I really think that there's, I love drawing parallels and I'm always really curious to know like what people, like that education point that you made, I think is really, it's really interesting. It's really lovely to just kind of draw from your experience and and hear a little bit of that, but I'll let Sarah jump in here. Uh,
1: Yeah, no, I mean,
2: it's there was just, one other thing
1: I was going to add. Is that okay? if I? Yeah, yeah, go for it.
2: So I also think something that's super interesting, Katie, in this space is unlike other industries, healthcare has very convoluted business models. And so those trade-offs also sometimes exist because you need to build a viable business. And so you'll oftentimes find yourself in healthcare um, really wanting to design for consumers but consumers are quite reluctant to pay out of pocket for anything in healthcare in the US because healthcare is already so expensive. And so then you look to other players in the system, like health systems or insurance companies, um, to actually help you build a business. And you get really quickly into that trade off land. And I think that the really successful entrepreneurs in this space have learned how to navigate that really well. And they understand what they can kind of get away with and how to serve. There's a lot of two-sided market where I'm serving consumers, but I'm selling to an entirely different entity. Um, And so you have this, like, there you really encounter the dual-sided design challenge and the trade-off of, like, I would love to do all these features for my consumers, but I actually need a dashboard that I'm going to sell to my, you know, the person who's actually paying me for this this service. So that's a big challenge and and kind of a fun thing to navigate through as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's where uh, maybe not tech as a whole, but startups are uniquely positioned to sort of like disrupt these spaces is because, you know, you have to have business acumen and have a model that is somewhat effective to survive long enough as a startup to actually reach users. And so it's like at that point, they've thought through a lot of those different challenges, whereas in a you know a larger company that might be launching a, a new product they wouldn't have to take those things into consideration to the ex- to this to the extent of survival <laughs> maybe um, so there's there's maybe some interesting opportunities there for people who people who might be listening and might be interested in getting involved in healthcare and design and are interested in the business side of things and um, have the ability to balance out those the advocacy and then what's necessary in order to actually exist long term in the space
1: yeah and like with that do you have any recommended reads or Mm -hmm. things that helped you transition into the healthcare space with design no i just drank from the fire hose
2: Elicit some from the listeners and like build the yes, list. Because I, I can that. still use a lot of that for sure <laughs> today.
0: I love that so much. You know what? Drinking from the fire hose is probably what everyone does to some extent in healthcare. I think there's there's like you said, there's so much complexity. It's happening in so many different places at once in so many different ways. And I think that. I think that one of the biggest challenges probably is for people who want to come in and like master the space. And I just don't think you'll ever master it. And so that those going back to those things you were saying, being curious, being humble, being super open to someone else, having the answer. I think those are all yeah. that's the that's the yeah. takeaway here. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: You know, I'll never forget. Also, like my first couple of weeks in my first healthcare job, um, I kept a notebook. And all I would do was write down all these terms I'd never heard before. And I promise you by the end of the second week, I probably had like 20 pages of terms. And then at night after work, I would Google them. I'd be like, what is, what is HIPAA? What is the stars rating? What is like all these terms I'd never heard of? And I didn't wanna appear like I was an idiot. So of course I wouldn't ask any questions in the meeting. I'd just be lost three quarters of the time. And then I'd go home and Google a hundred terms.
0: Yeah, there's lots that of acronyms like, for sure. Yeah, that sounds like me <laughs> in Slack with Sarah. I'm like, especially when we get into pharmacy or like any type of medication <laughs> stuff. I'm just like, Sarah, what does this mean? Please help. <laughs> like phone a friend, phone a friend. Yes,
2: yeah, exactly. I think maybe that's what everybody needs in healthcare. People transitioning into healthcare need like a, a friend.
1: <laughs> a buddy. The buddy <laughs> system. Yeah. That's why we're exactly. Moss and Friends.
0: Yeah, moss We're and the friends. buddy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I think with that too, it's like with the, the humbleness that you need to have because it's so big. It's like, you can't let it overwhelm you to the point where you don't feel like you're going to be able to make an impact. Cause I think that's something that you'll encounter a lot within healthcare because it's, there's so many issues and like, you can't fix it all. Like, We need each other to do that, so. I also think, I mean, yes to that. I think
2: that would be my other piece of advice to designers who are starting in healthcare is to know that it feels overwhelming and it's a slow journey. This is a long haul effort. This is not you creating something new and beautiful and it launching in a year and you feeling like, yay, that project is over. This is like digging a tunnel with a spoon for a really long time. But like you said, like there are a lot of people digging this tunnel with spoons. And if we get enough of them, like the tunnel will be done pretty quickly. And then there'll be a new tunnel to dig, but like, you know, that's just, yeah. I definitely think that for new people, you've got to understand this is a long haul issue. It is not a short-term satisfaction. I just ship this amazing thing experience.
0: Yeah, that's excellent advice that is honestly i think one of the things that sarah said to me <laughs> when i when we started thinking about getting involved and focusing on healthcare and wellness i've got a little bit of a background but sarah's got a much deeper healthcare background and and the patience is the other aspect of you know humble patient curious and just steady <laughs> mm-hmm. steady in your progress Thank you so much, Meg. This has been really, really wonderful. I actually haven't gotten to talk to you very much throughout our clients work together, so this is really lovely for me. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like I feel like there's so much good stuff here. Um, where can people find you? What is the best way if people have quest- follow up questions, that kind of thing? What do you where do you hang out on the internet? Um, On the internet. I mostly hang out in my own private space. I'm
2: not really anywhere on the internet, but if people do have questions, they can always email me at dryercollective at gmail.
1: Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, thank you again for joining us and chatting about healthcare and design and your journey through it and all of your advice. Uh, We truly appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Moss and Friends. If you want to connect with us further, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram. We'll see you next time.